Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the FACT Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am FACT's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today, I want to give a heartfelt thank you to ALK for sponsoring FACT's Roundtable podcast. Halloween is one of those holidays in our food allergy world that is either a marvelous day or the most challenging day of the year. It feels like there is just no in-between, but we're working to turn that around by sitting down with FACT's Vice President of Education, Kristen Osborne, to explore how to plan for a fun and safe Halloween. Welcome, Kristen, once again to FACT's Roundtable Podcast. As usual, I know this is going to be just a fabulous podcast and so much fun with great information for our listeners. Thank you for having me on the podcast today, Caroline. I really appreciate being here. Wonderful. We're going to go right in talking about Halloween. We know planning is key for most things in life, but then when you have a food allergy, planning for Halloween really makes a big impact on a family. So is Halloween a day that someone can wing it and ignore it, or is Halloween something that we really need some good planning on? That's such a great question. Halloween provides many challenges for families with food allergies, and candy is the main ingredient in Halloween. And for families with food allergies, some ingredients can be scary. Oftentimes, candy can be packed in large bags specifically for Halloween, and the package may contain ingredient labels, but each individual piece of candy may not. And this is problematic for trick-or-treaters who need to read each ingredient label and check for allergens. This kind of prep is not something that can be accomplished without proper planning and guidance. Winging it isn't always the best option. I have to say, that's what I've experienced too, where I've had Halloweens that I just wasn't prepared and it felt dangerous. It did not feel safe. Exactly. And that's why it's important to prepare in advance for things like treats and parties and classes and all the other fun activities that involve Halloween. Thank you for that insight. If someone is a parent of a child with food allergies who's school age, what challenges might a student encounter, such as like school parties and parades or crafts and activities? And I must confess that my son used to be allergic to pumpkin seeds, so even carving a pumpkin was really tough. That is definitely problematic on Halloween. Carnivals, class parties, crafts, and parades are all exciting for children in school. However, as a child with food allergies, these activities may pose a risk. Parties in the classroom may contain allergens and make it difficult for a child to participate safely and be included in activities. A couple solutions would be to have a party focused on games without food. Games like Freeze Dance, Limbo, and Halloween Would You Rather are fun party games that students will enjoy. 
If a class party will serve food, move the party to the cafeteria or outside to limit the risk of allergen exposure for students. And make sure to include foods that are safe for each child that has food allergies, because we know if you know one person with food allergies, you know one person with food allergies, and each child may have different needs as it pertains to their allergic reactions and their allergens. It's also important to make sure that the school nurse and the teacher check the ingredient label for foods before it's served so that everyone is kept safe and everyone has fun during the party. I like how you brought up if food's going to be involved, going to the school cafeteria. When my daughter was in elementary school, they had some sort of like ice cream type party and they did do it in the cafeteria and it was fantastic. So then all the kids with the dairy allergy didn't have to worry about melting ice cream all over their desk and chairs and doorknobs and things like that. So if a parent is going to suggest moving it to the cafeteria, how much of a lead time do you think they need to speak to the teacher about that? It's important to kind of talk to teachers in advance. I would suggest at least two weeks to a month. But now in the beginning of October is a perfect time to touch base with your child's teacher about Halloween activities the end of the month. Having the party in the cafeteria, like you said, is a great alternative because it provides a safe space for the child with food allergies. It provides a safe space for a child with food allergies. But also when a child has allergens in the classroom, they're not able to learn because they're paying attention to where the allergens are and who touched what and did they wash their hands and is it cleaned up? So they're not actively participating in class anymore because they're worried about the allergens and if they're going to have an allergic reaction. Plenty of time well in advance, at least two weeks or more, to talk to the teacher about what the party will entail and where it will be held. Wonderful. Thank you for those tips. Kristen, I have to admit, I stalk your social media on Halloween because you always have the most fun looking Halloweens with your family. So based on this, what do you suggest are the first steps a family can take to prepare for Halloween? Thank you, Caroline. That is a very kind gesture and statement. I really appreciate it. Well, it's important in our family to make sure that everyone is included as best as possible. But before I even start planning, one of the first things I've learned to do is to take a breath. Just stop and take a breath. Because the idea of having an allergy-friendly event with um, all the participants and making sure everyone is safe is overwhelming at times. And as a parent, you really want to make sure that you have your ducks in a row before you begin to move on. And that first step of obviously is taking a breath. But FACT has several Halloween activities like crossword puzzles and word searches and downloads that families can share in the community. You can take these FACT downloads to your neighbor and ask that they participate in providing non-food treats for Halloween. You can email them to your school's teacher or administrator and talk about the fun ways that they can celebrate the holiday without having the food or the candy that's always involved. When you're planning for these things, you want to think about the five W's, you know, who, what, when, where, and why. When will the party occur? I mentioned it's very important to contact the teacher two weeks at least before the party happens to determine the exact date and to schedule if it's possible that 
you as a parent or guardian can participate in the party as a volunteer. You want to know where it will take place. Is it in the classroom? Is it outside or in the cafeteria? What will the party entail? Will it be food and games? Or will it just be games and crafts and different activities? And then how are the games played? That's important because sometimes, even though you're playing a game, it may involve having items that contain food or craft activities that contain food. For example, you may want to mold some really cute teal ghosts for a craft activity in class, but many people aren't aware that Play-Doh contains wheat, which is also an allergen. So it's important to kind of ask these questions to get more information and as much information as possible to help you formulate your plan for the holiday. Kristen, I noticed in the fact newsletter that just came out last week that there were some really fun games in there. Can you talk about those? We've created some really fun age-appropriate games and activities for students that can help educate about food allergies and also students who have food allergies can share it with their friends. There are crossword puzzles that are geared toward older students and crossword puzzles geared toward the younger students, as well as word searches. They talk about different things like epinephrine, auto-injector, or teal ghosts. And there is a download that FACT has on the website called the 10 Facts About Food Allergies. And this particular download can be used to answer most of the questions in the crossword puzzle. And the students will really, really like it. I've even had some adults test it for me, and they enjoyed it as well. I have to add that they actually are very cute. Well, thank you. Thank you. I find it exciting and hope that students will take this opportunity to share with their teachers and their friends and enjoy the holiday food free. I couldn't agree more with you. Thank you for that, Kristen. And moving on, should families be on the lookout for areas of possible threat? For example, if we are heading to a Halloween party, I think of the opportunities in which my family may encounter their allergens. Then I try to mitigate those risks before we arrive. Could you talk a little more about this? That's exactly a great process and example of how to effectively navigate a Halloween party. You think of the challenges that may arise when you go to a party and you have food allergies. You're thinking maybe other people have brought food like a potluck and you don't know how the food was prepared or the ingredients that are contained in that particular dish. Also, there may be bowls of candy out that have chocolate or other things that might contain allergens, which pose a risk as well. So again, the best part is to pre-plan, call the host, ask specifically how they're going to handle the party. It's very similar to the same way that you would approach a party in the classroom with the teacher. You would approach similarly with a party in the home. You want to find out where the party will be located. Is it outside the home and maybe the backyard or a park? Is it inside the home? Is it you know, in close quarters, what food will be served? You know, if there's allergens that your family may avoid, then, you know, obviously you can bring your own safe snacks and safe food to use. You can eat ahead of time and you can also make sure that you explain and educate your host about what your needs are. And there's a very good chance that they may either remove some of the food that poses a potential risk or even 
alter it so that it would be safe for everyone to enjoy. These are really good suggestions. And I think this goes back to our first question about, you know, is this a holiday we can wing or is this a holiday we can plan out? And it really feels like, yes, the answer is plan out as much as possible. So you can just get in there and have a good time. Exactly. And once you have a plan in place for how you navigate holidays, it's just a rinse and repeat cycle for future holidays as well. That is true. Once you get that system in place, you just go, now tell me the truth. Do you have a favorite Halloween hack? I have a couple. (laughs) I purchased non-food treats from Walmart. Fax Teal Ghost has partnered with Walmart for the last five years to provide non-food trinkets like bouncy balls, spider rings, glow rings, pencils, erasers, tattoos, stickers, mini slinkies, and all kinds of other fun things for children. These trinkets aren't Halloween specific. The trinkets that aren't Halloween specific can be used throughout the year as a classroom incentive or a birthday swag bag. So my hack is to purchase some extra Halloween non-food treats and save them to use throughout the year. Additionally, at the end of the season on November 1st, all the Halloween non-food treats go on sale. So that's another opportunity to stock up on these items that you can use throughout the year. That is clever. Because you're right, when you buy things too, sometimes the packages are, you know, six or 12 or 20. And then you do have these leftovers. And then I always feel guilty the next year recycling them, thinking, are the neighborhood kids bored with me? That is a brilliant idea. Yeah, the neighborhood kids don't remember. So it's great to have these for them year after year. Now, since it's COVID, will you be handing out anything? And then if you do, will you have them like in individual bags? Are you going to put them out on a table? How do you suggest we approach this? Last year, we set up a table in front of our driveway and decorated it with fairy lights and all kinds of other cool things, teal. We decorated it with a teal tablecloth, and the kids and I worked together to sort different non-food treats in the bags, little baggies, and then we put the baggies on the table. So people would walk by the table and just grab one. We were inside looking out at everyone and they'd come and read the information about food allergies and the holiday and then take a bag or two or three. And we'd see kids come back and grab some more because they really liked some of the different trinkets that were inside. So that's kind of what we've done to make it COVID friendly. And you can adapt the holiday to suit or fit whatever needs you have as well. Thank you. Those are great tips. So before we wrap up today, is there anything else you'd like to share with listeners? Halloween, like many holidays, can be challenging for food allergic families. Visit FACT's holiday resource page under the education section for downloadable information to share with your community. In addition to prepping for the holiday with education, it's also important to take a breath and know you've got this and can have a fun night without the fright this Halloween. Thank you so much, Kristen. Always so much fun to have you on the show. And I, again, always walk away with great ideas and fun tips. Thank you again, though, for your time. And I look forward to having you back again. Thank you, Caroline. I enjoyed talking with you as well. As we wind up today's podcast, 
I want to make sure listeners know where to find facts, fun, and colorful safety tips, puzzles, and games and activities. Simply head over to foodallergyawareness.org, click on education, and then scroll down to the holiday box and click to discover facts Halloween resource handout, which is a great tool to share with family, schools, and neighbors. You'll also find facts Halloween safety tips, window and door non-food fun ghost and non-food treats available here posters, plus alternatives for trick-or-treating, blog links, Pinterest links, and our new crossword puzzles and word searches. I plan on giving out teal ghost treats I purchased at Walmart along with the crossword puzzles and word searches wrapped around pencils tied with a teal bowl. Fact wishes everybody a safe and healthy Halloween. Before we say goodbye, I just want to say thank you one more time to ALK for sponsoring Facts Roundtable Podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.